Well, as we continue our 52-day plan series today, I'm shooting from home. As many of you have reached out, you've heard that I'm in quarantine because my wife has COVID. Well, my wife is doing really, really well, and we have very much appreciated the calls, uh, the texts, and the concerns. So she's well on her way to recovery and is doing quite well. So in order to be super safe, we're going to shoot the message today in the kitchen. It reminds me of a quote that I heard when I watched Mr. Holland's opus. Life is what happens when you're busy making other plans. It's often we find in the mundane moments of life that God has a surprise for us. God has something unique He'd like us to discover or like us to find. When my wife and I first got married, neither one of us really liked to, to cook. I think I came into marriage with like three things I cooked, maybe five, and she had three to five. And so, you know, 26 years of marriage, there just wasn't a lot of variety. I guess we went out to eat a lot. But the last couple of years, I have shared with you that we've had some challenges in our home. Beth went through two back surgeries. And so during the last couple of years, while kind of juggling autism on one hand and, and being a caregiver for my wife on the other, I was doing a lot of cooking here in our kitchen. And I realized as long as I'm going to do all this cooking, I might as well try and enjoy it. I thought maybe this could be an area instead of doing it begrudgingly or doing it uh, out of frustration or out of necessity. What if I find cooking, serving uh, my family, a new way to express myself, a new way to grow, a new way to experience joy? And I did. In fact, Life's a lot like that. We kind of have the plans we have, what we thought was going to happen, what we wish would happen, and versus what is happening. And that's what happens with Nehemiah. He and his men have been working hard for 52 days. The walls have been constructed. But now that they've been constructed, they start to look around and saying, hey, where's God in all this? Like, where's he been in the past? Where's he been in the future? And where is he even now? And in the middle of just kind of serving my family, taking care of people, and related to my back, my wife's back surgery, by the way, many of you have asked how she's doing. She's doing incredibly well, well on her way to recovery there. So in one sense, things are on the way up. But I want to talk about what God taught us, what God taught me, in the middle of the challenges. You see, as I was learning to cook a few new things, I was rummaging through uh, the spice rack. And it was there in the spice rack, I came across some spices I didn't know existed, let alone uh, what they tasted like, but it's what the recipe called for. And as I was rummaging through the spice rack, I came across a book. A book that connected me to the past, and a book that set me up for the future. It's very similar to what Nehemiah and all the people who built the wall find. They come across a book that brings them great joy and connects them to the past. Let me show you that little book. So I'm looking through the spice rack. You know, most of us don't like people to see into our cupboards where everything's a disaster. But I'm picking out spices that I've never used before, maybe never even heard of before. Paprika and cilantro. I guess I've heard of them, but I've never cooked with them. And way toward the back as I'm rummaging through the spices, I come across this little book. This little book is my wife's recipe book. And all of a sudden, I'm in the middle of just trying to serve my family. I'm rummaging through history. Uh, my wife's pumpkin dip reminds me of uh, 
a lot of holiday gatherings, small group gatherings and family gatherings to have this delicious pumpkin dip. Oh, corn casserole every Thanksgiving. Cheese biscuits from Red Lobster. She's got a recipe that's very similar. And all, of a, all of a sudden I come across, right in the middle of uh, her cookbook, my mom's recipe for beef stroganoff. My absolute favorite. As I see that recipe, it reminds me of gatherings with my grandmother and grandpa. It reminds me of gatherings with the family. All of a sudden, I'm connected to memories from the past, tastes and sensations. My mom would make this every time we travel home for Thanksgiving or Christmas because she knew it was my absolute favorite. What's amazing because when Nehemiah and his men are finished building the wall, they stumble across a book. And in the book are some promises, some memories, some connections to the past. For many of them, they remember this from years ago. And for others, they've never even heard of this before. So I think what we want to look at today is how do we look for potential surprises during the mundane and ordinary moments of serving others? That's what Nehemiah and his men were doing. They were simply serving other people. In the middle of serving other people and building the wall, they came across a secret surprise. God had a promise for them. God had a memory for them. God had something that connected them to the past, but also to the future. So we're going to look at three secrets to Nehemiah's recipe today. And in doing so, I hope that you can find the benefit of finding God in the mundane, over and over, actions of life. Those three aspects begin with, well, the first secret to the recipe. How do we pay attention to what we pay attention to? So what does it look like to pay attention to what you pay attention to? Like in a recipe, if you don't follow that thing exact, things can go very, very wrong. Well, what do you pay attention to? Or what do you not pay attention to? How much of how you react or how you respond is related to fears or worries or scars from the past? Or even idioms. Do you have idioms from the past that influence you? Like my dad used to always say, measure twice, cut once. But maybe it's like you've been hurt in the past and your idiom is, you can never be paranoid enough, right? Because people violated your trust. Or man, my scars itch when I step into this one. Or maybe it's uh, an idiom that reminds you to have joy. Always leave room for dessert. Or as a kid, every time we had beef stroganoff, my mom would say, Chad, you look pretty full. And I would say, I always have enough room for one more mushroom. What if we begin to pay attention to what it is that's influencing us? And notice how Ezra, all the people have built a very, very successful endeavor, 52 days of building the wall. Now they're saying, if God allowed us to do this, to accomplish this space, we're going to do more than just survive. Let's start to connect with our Creator. Let's connect with the God who's been about this and has been pulling all these pieces together. So in Nehemiah chapter 8 it says, Now, after everything's completed, all the people gathered together as one man in the open square. And they told Ezra the scribe to bring the book of the law. Let's find out what God has to say. What promises does he have for us? Let's pay attention to what other plans he may be doing. What else else have we missed out on for 70 years we could have accomplished in 52 days? 
So Ezra the priest brought the law before all the people, and all who could hear with understanding. You see, this was written in Hebrew, but most people were speaking the language of the Persians. So it had to be translated with understanding. And he read it from the open square that was in front of the water gate from morning until midday. That's a long reading of Scripture. And those who could understand it, but the ears of all the people were attentive to the book of the law. They are leaning in. I want to pay attention to this. What am I doing that I should not be doing? What am I not doing that I should be doing? What plans does God have for me? If we jump down to verse 7, it says, Many people heard it, but they didn't get it. So the Levites, like the pastors or priests or, or leaders of the day, helped the people to understand the law. They needed help. So they read distinctly from the book, and they helped them to understand the reading. But we know many of you have spent the last 30 years building a successful career, a successful business, providing for your family. And now you're like, you know, maybe it's time to... The walls are up, the structure's up, to connect with God in a deeper way. And, and that can be intimidating approaching the Bible because like, I don't get this. A bunch of people who had nothing better to do than read the Bible while I was building a business, and now I feel like I'm you know, too much of a rookie. We don't feel that way at all. We feel like we're just glad to help you like the Levites did in your journey to discover what God might say to you. We want to help you pay attention to what you pay attention to and find some promises that God might have for you in the middle of this stage of life you're in. Now, as they read it, it says in the next verse, Ezra the priest and scribe said to the people, they taught the people, and they said to them, this day is holy, a holy day. It's holy to the Lord your God, so do not mourn and do not weep, for all the people wept when they heard this. Why are they weeping? It's like the most boring church service ever. They're weeping through it? (laughs) Not really. They're weeping for two reasons. Sometimes you weep because you're like, oh, how have I missed out on this for so long? It's a promise. I I weep for missed opportunities. Other times you weep because, wow, I didn't realize God said that pride and self-hatred was such a problem. I've been participating in that for years. Weeping on the joyful side, I didn't realize God sings songs over me, and he has plans for me that go back for generations. As they began to be attentive, to ask for understanding, God began to instruct them on these promises he had for them. And like a good recipe, if you don't pay attention, something can go horribly wrong. I made cookies one time, and I mixed up a teaspoon and a tablespoon. You ever eaten a cookie that's made with a tablespoon of salt? Rather than a teaspoon, oh, you're ready to dig in. Oh, this is going to be so good. Oh, tastes a little bit salty. It could bring you to tears. So I want to go over the details of that recipe my mom had for beef stroganoff. And with that, look at all the different components of the promises that Nehemiah and his men were paying attention to and the promise God had for them. I mean, remember what Nehemiah said? He said, this is a holy day. The word holy day is where we get the concept of a holiday. God wants them to have a holiday. They've been working and and haven't had time to rest, haven't had time for joy. 
Imagine if you're weeping because you're like, God wanted me to have more joy than I'm having, more rest than I'm having. I'm missing out on some holy days, some holidays. That's what he's saying. Don't weep. It's holiday time. This book is filled with a God who wants you to know that there's some components to dump into your life. Now, what do I mean? Did you know God wants you to be free? God doesn't want you to have bitterness in your life. Did you know that God wants you to know that there's a balance between working hard and the enjoyment of that, but also rest? And you know, my wife and I have this ongoing debate. She thinks that uh, this is a spatula. And I'm like, this is not a spatula, honey. This is a spatula. You know, for years we've been debating it, so maybe you can help us figure it out. But you, you sometimes have to scrape through and use the Bible's promises to figure out, like, what's motivating me? What's keeping me from that joy? Why am I not able to have a holiday? Why do I struggle with rest? Why do I struggle with joy? Maybe I grew up in a family that was always critical all the time. And no one ever apologized to one another. In fact, to apologize was to admit you were wrong. What if God had some promises about how you could experience joy as a family or in your marriage? What are some things that maybe life could be better? And you might say, well, my life is doing fine. Thank you. Yeah. But what if God could connect the great things going on here temporally, a great wall that's been built, to an eternal story, a grander vision, something in your life that, that maybe connects it to something more eternal or even more valuable, something that's not just temporal, bigger, bigger upgrades, or more advanced. In fact, I was talking to Drew He's in a Bible study right now with a guy who is an absolute expert in his craft. And in fact, so much so as an ER doctor, they call him back all the time to do training out of retirement. And yet he has found this unique way to be excellent at his job, but also mix in the components of having an abundant spiritual life and discovering the Bible and being, being in Bible studies, getting to know God. They were in a small group meeting, I think it was a couple months ago. And he said, you know what, I really wish I could do something more to help people. Everybody kind of laughed out loud, help people? You've probably saved 50, 100 lives from bullet wounds and all these things over the years. He says, yeah, that's only temporary. I give him back 40 years or 50 years or 60 years. What if I could help people connect to something that rescues them eternally, gives them the kind of quality of life that goes into eternity? So he started finding ways to mentor people spiritually, like Ezra did. He started working with kids in juvenile detention. He began to lead and work in a Bible study. He says, I want to take the great things I've done, the wall, and build on it. And I think that's the idea that Nehemiah is getting at here. When you pay attention to all the components of your life and mix them up properly, you're able to experience the best kind of life. Look what he says in Nehemiah chapter 8. Verse 10, then he said to them, go your way, eat the fat, eat the best of life, drink the sweet, have the best kind of wine, and send portions to those with whom nothing is prepared. For this day is holy, a holiday to the Lord. Do not sorrow, for the joy of the Lord is your strength. What if your strength in life, your fortitude through any circumstance is I have this strength that comes from above. I know for sure my strength comes from 
God himself. God is with me during this challenging time. God is walking near me during these challenges. Wouldn't that be a recipe worth putting together, mixing up in your life? But it begins with paying attention to what we pay attention to. But there's a second aspect to this recipe Nehemiah has. But secondly, they need to enjoy promises they never knew existed. Remember, the joy of the Lord is my strength. What does that mean? Like, okay, I've never heard that before, but how would I possibly incorporate that into my life? I remember when I found the recipe for beef stroganoff, I suddenly realized I have done a lot of eating of beef stroganoff in my life, but I haven't done a lot of preparing of beef stroganoff. So what did I do? I called my mom. Hey, mom. Um, thanks for all that beef stroganoff. I realized I have no idea how to prepare this thing. How do I begin? She told me I need to start by cutting the beef into strips, so I did. And then dipping them in, in flour mixed with some, some secret spices. Garlic powder, onions, salt, stuff like that. And, and I'm dipping them in there, and I realize in so many areas of life, I think it's hard for us to admit we need help. And yet, when it comes to the Bible, we're like, oh, I don't want to look foolish. I don't want to look silly. I'm not going to call and ask for help. But really, all we're doing is saying, hey, I want to find somebody who's more experienced than me, somebody who's been around the corner more than me. I want to ask them, like, how do you proceed here? How do you, how do you bring all these components together to make the best kind of meal? And that's what my mom was sharing with me. Like, here's what you do, Chad. Here's how you put it together. Here's how this whole thing comes together. Just like the Levites did back in chapter 13, or rather, chapter 8, verse 13. It says they help them with understanding. And as I'm making this thing, I'm suddenly understanding a lot of the work my mom did and a lot of the process she went through that I took for granted. I mean, I was just eating the stuff, right? Well, they have the same thing. They're discovering how to enjoy God's promises. And they come across, as the Levites are explaining this stuff, something called the Feast of booze. The Feast of Booze. What's that? Booths. It's like a festival, seven-day festival, where they would go and they would dwell in a tent. They'd set a tent out in their backyard, and for seven days they would just experience joy, be thankful, say, God, thank you for everything you've done in my life. They never even heard of this. Many of them, for 70-plus years, don't even know this is a national seven-day holiday that God put in place going back to the time of Moses. But until you ask somebody how, until you realize how much there is to, to learn, I mean, what if there were many, many promises that you and I had that, that we just didn't know ever existed? And God says, I want you to enjoy some things you're not enjoying right now, some holy days or some holidays, including this special holiday called the Feast of Booze. Reminds me of my friend, he was coming to Horizon. He wasn't really a churchgoer, but he started coming many, many years ago. And he said, you know, every week, the more I come to Horizon, the more I come to church services, he got into a small group too, I began to learn how to incorporate this into my life. He said, the more I learn, the more I'm realizing how much more there is to learn. I thought that is really true. There's so many more promises to understand. There's so many more things to learn. And there are some promises... There are some aspect of God's promises to you that need to simmer over time. They need to marinate. And when they marinate in your life, 
oh, the flavor and the taste of a life marinated in the promises of God. It's interesting, my mom used to cook an awful lot of the time with a crock pot. And when you cook with a crock pot, things simmer. You get to smell the aroma of dinner uh, all through the afternoon. She did that sometimes because we needed so much food because so many people were coming over. Other times she did it because of our eclectic schedule. We couldn't always eat at the same time. Right? Like sometimes I was on traveling soccer and my sister was in softball. and So we had to eat our meals spread out over a two or three period of time. The thing about a crock pot, though, is that there are these aromas that filled the room. And God is saying, my holy day, my joy, these promises I have for you, they've been marinating for literally almost centuries. A century since you've been in the homeland, but centuries going back to Moses. And when I exited you out of Egypt, I want you to enjoy, smell, take in, experience the full smorgasbord of the promises I have for you right here and right now. I want you to partake of it, to experience it. And God's promises can be like that. They do simmer over time. A marriage following God's pattern of of putting the other person's needs ahead of your own simmered over time creates a great relationship. When you learn with your kids how to love them, how to know them, how to lean into them, that simmers over time and brings incredible joy. Now let me go back to one of those promises he mentioned in Nehemiah chapter 8, verse 10. Remember what he said? He said something fascinating. Then he said to them, Go your way, eat the fat, eat the good meat, drink the sweet, enjoy the wine, and send portions to those for whom nothing is prepared. I want you to think part of my holy day or holiday is living a life of generosity. Thinking about those who could be invited to the meal who don't have anything to eat. And we're doing that as a church during our 52-day plan. We have our giving tree set up just as you come in the front door. And there are ornaments everywhere on that tree. If you grab one of those ornaments, it will give you an indication of some Christmas gifts you can buy. Food for a family here in our community with Interparish Ministry. Our blue bags. Families we work with down at City Gospel downtown. Folks that might not have food or might not have a Christmas if it wasn't for the generosity of our church. Now maybe because of health concerns, you're interested in you know, not coming in because of COVID. Well, the, the church has set up kind of a secret shopper, so to speak. So you can call Jill Gunther at 513-607-6163, or you can email her at ggunther at horizoncc.com, and she would love to be your personal shopper. If you want to do what Nehemiah did, enjoy these promises, but find ways that you can hand them off or give them or share them with those who don't have anything prepared. See, generosity and service truly do simmer over time. They make us into the kind of people who love God and love others. So, what do we do? We pay attention to what we pay attention to. We learn how to enjoy the promises that we never knew existed. But there's a third secret to this recipe. So the third secret to Nehemiah's recipe is to find your invitation to God's holiday feast. God's invited everyone to a holiday feast. 
Here's what it says in verse 17. The whole assembly, everybody, had returned from captivity. They've been in bondage for 70 plus years. And they made booths or tents. And they sat under the booths. And this had been going on since the days of Joshua until the day the children of Israel had not done so. They'd forgotten about this. This was a holiday they literally had forgotten about. And there was great gladness as they celebrated. Also, day by day, from the first day until the last day, he read from the book of the law of God. And they kept the Feast of Booths for seventh day. And on the eighth day, they had a celebration. So what is this Feast of Booths? God had seven parties that Moses set up that he wanted his people to be a joy-filled, gladness-filled, party-filled people, where they were to gather together and celebrate friendship and family and all the things he had done in their life. This Feast of Booths, or the Feast of Tabernacles, also known as the Feast of Sukkot, was God's holiday feast. They would actually set up a tent in their backyard or front yard. They would live out in the tent for seven days where they would just eat and make great meals and play games and hang out with each other and they still do it even today. It was their Thanksgiving. It was a time of sitting out in your yard in a tent with no walls to remind yourself that God is your strength, not the walls on your, on your booth. It was to remind you that for many, many years, your family had traveled or wandered through the wilderness living in tents. But now God had provided with a home, with a meal, with family, with friends, with cars. And you would literally look out of the tent at all the things in your life and say, I forgot to be thankful for electricity. I forgot to be thankful for my family. I forgot to be thankful for my health. It was a giant Thanksgiving celebration. Imagine finding out when you're reading the Bible that God had a plan for you to live in Thanksgiving. And every year to take seven days to gather everyone together, everyone is invited to feast at the table. Well, Jesus shows up in the New Testament and says something similar. In fact, even the Christmas story says, Jesus came and tabernacled. He boothed with us. God came to dwell with us. And Jesus says the final days, the book of Revelation, it's described as a time of feasting, a time of family and friends, just thanking God for all the ways he worked through the generations. In fact, as I uh, sit here looking at my beef stroganoff, getting ready to dive in, I'm just reminded of all the feasts where we've gathered as a family, my extended family, my immediate family, and we just thank God for all the things he's done for us. In fact, we have a tradition in our family of these red plates. These red plates are things that we write on over the years. We pass it around to best parents, my parents, my kids. We write down different ways God has provided. The years go back to you know, 2003, 2004. In fact, we filled this plate up front and back, and now <laughs> we start a new plate. It's kind of our tradition of inviting our family to thank God for the ways He's been faithful to us. Even during COVID over the last nine months, we've had family gatherings every nine months, or every week rather. Family come together and we play games together and we eat together. Just a reminder of what matters even in the middle of chaos. So what's our key takeaway today? What does it look like for us to apply 
these three important secrets to Nehemiah's recipe. So what's our key takeaway for you and I? Well, what, did, what does it look like to develop a taste for God's promises? To really dig into the Bible for the first time or a renewed time? To call somebody to get help to join a men's group or women's group? What does it look like to try reading the Bible every day? Maybe you've joined us in taking our 52-day challenge. You can download it at horizoncc.com backslash challenge. And if you're just now joining that challenge, start at the beginning and just walk through Nehemiah and begin to just read a little bit of the Bible each day. Ask God to look at what promises He might have for you. You might come across some parts of the Bible that you think you don't, aren't going to like, that you don't think you're going to have a taste for. I found out with my beef stroganoff that I hate sour cream. But I found out my mom's been putting sour cream in a beef stroganoff for years. Turns out I don't hate sour cream. When you dig into the Bible, you're going to see things you thought you didn't like. You're going to say, well, tell me more about that. Help me understand that. Could somebody help me understand that? And you're going to develop a taste for the promises of God. Promises you never knew existed. Promises you didn't even know you needed. But the main thing God's saying is, I want my joy to be your strength. I want your life to be filled with gladness together. So take the 52-day plan, and I hope what you've discovered over the last 52 days is that this hasn't just been a, a feast inviting you to celebrate with Nehemiah. It's been a feast of God inviting you to dine with Him, to join Him in what He's doing in your life. In fact, I hope you've been surprised to find where Jesus showed up. For Jesus is the ultimate Nehemiah. He left the palace of heaven. He came to dwell among us on earth. And he did so, he tabernacled or boothed with us to give us the ultimate promise of forgiveness. So I want to pray with you that God would help you find the significance of what it means to connect the great things you're doing in this temporal world to the eternal things. To find forgiveness from God and what it looks like to live a life of joy. And maybe to be surprised that the Jesus you thought you knew, sour cream, is actually something you will thoroughly enjoy, the source of peace, joy, and eternal life. Let's pray together. Father, maybe you want to pray along, whether you're watching this now. Just say, God, thank you for offering me forgiveness. Thank you for dying for me on a cross. Thank you for leaving the palace and coming to tabernacle with me. I invite you into my life and I invite you to open my eyes to see the surprises you might have in the mundane moments of serving others. In Jesus' name, amen.